Hello and welcome to Real Men Feel. This is your host, author, coach, and speaker, Andy Grant. Thank you for joining us today as we talk about the sometimes messy world of dating and relationships. If you are struggling to find that special someone, it may be because of your lack of love for yourself. To explore that, I invite you to book a one-on-one call with me. Visit theandygrant.com to learn more. That's theandygrant.com slash talk because you are worthy of love. My guest today is Kimberly Hill. Kimberly is an international dating and relationship coach who supports men to attract and keep healthy, loving relationships. We discuss the need for authenticity and vulnerability in dating. Kimberly shares her timing rule before going exclusive with someone, as well as the most common mistakes men are making, and the two things you need to get clear on before you start dating. Let's do it. Hey, Kimberly, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. So, Kimberly, did you become a dating and relationship coach because you've just always excelled at outstanding relationships? (laughs) Yep. No, definitely not. Um, I don't know anybody in this world that excels or is outstanding at relationships, to be fair. Um, No, I, I wasn't particularly very good at it. I was you know, getting into a relationship seemed easy, but picking the right person, I have no idea. And I had no idea how I showed up in relationships. So I just kept doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I never got it. <laughs> well, so eventually you must have got it. Did, so did, did you work with people on relationships or was it your own kind of self-study and experience lead you into coaching? Both. So my story is a little unusual how I ended up in this field. I mean, I tell people that I used to work in financial derivatives before I did this. And they go, how on earth did you leave that and become a dating and relationship coach? And it's a great question. The truth is, I honestly did not think I would be in this line of work. I I ended up you know, buying a one-way ticket to Bangkok, Thailand many years ago to do an overseas travel when I was still in university. And it turned into living overseas for 10 years uh, and finding myself in a field of finance. And it just so happens that that field of finance is very masculine dominated. I mean, I was probably one of two women that worked in the Sydney, Australia office uh, on a floor of 100 men. So I've always been around men, but I didn't know that I was going to end up coaching them on dating and relationships. In fact, I I had a very solid, strong career in sales and marketing and and management and product development and everything to do with financial derivatives. But throughout that, I was working with men, reporting to men, hiring them, managing them, and also seeing the struggle and the battle that men who had solid corporate careers were facing when it came to balancing their personal lives and their relationships. So I'd see these guys going out and drinking till like one or two in the morning and then coming into work the next day. And I was wondering when they ever had time for their relationships. Mm. Um, And I, I know a lot of these men started opening up to me about what they were going through because well, you know, I just, I'm like that. I'm, I'm non-judgmental. And maybe I was the only girl that they could talk to <laughs> that kind so, of understood them. So, so that is, so was your, your own circle of seeing men struggle in relationships and being surrounded by so many that may, that that's why you focus on men now. 
it was, it was part of the catalyst. I may not have really understood it then. Of course, I was also struggling in, in my relationships. You know, I thought I wasn't, but then I realized that they were ending and, and I didn't understand why. Um, and sometimes it was me ending them. And sometimes it was other people ending them. Um, and eventually I actually started working with a coach myself. Um, and I know, I mean, I, I am a coach, so I know the benefit of actually having someone just listen to you and also support you on how to move forward. And through the coaching relationship that I had, I recognized that was when I wanted to change careers. That's when I had that kind of aha moment where I went, okay, I'm good at this finance stuff, but I feel like what I really want to do with my life, if I get to choose is work in a career where I get to support and mentor and help other people. So that was like the first catalyst of shifting. And then Andy, it was like a mess. I mean, how do you start a coaching business? How do you know how to support people in this way? So I spent quite a lot of time figuring that out, improving myself in the process, and then getting every qualification you can imagine because a new coach thinks, well, how am I going to help somebody? <laughs> you know, they're going to want to know that I have a certain level of education. So I went and did that. And um, of course, really, the truth is the majority that I have learned has been from the men that I've coached. That's where the real experience comes from that I have. Yes, my personal experience. Yes, what I've learned from an education standpoint. But what is invaluable is the lessons that I have learned from the men that I have worked with. Um, and it makes me a better coach as time goes on. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a weird way that I kind of ended up here. <laughs> and that's great. And any, yeah. anyone looking at coaches, I always only hire coaches that have coaches. Like oh, yeah. you want someone yeah. who's used to that relationship. So there, there's, I've seen so many people just, I'm not sure what to do. I'll become a coach. And they just yeah. call themselves that. And, and, but, and also what you're describing rings true for me. So I've been coaching people since 2010. Once has someone asked me about my credentials and training. Yeah. yeah. And, and it just, yeah, I, it's, it's your, like, no one can argue your experience that, that, that's your uniqueness. Yeah. That that's your flavor. It's, it's everything. Yeah. For sure. I 100% agree with you. I, on a few occasions, people have said, well, what are you, like, what are your skills? <laughs> and I tell them the qualifications I have, but honestly, you're right. It never comes up. And most people choose to work with a coach because the fit is right. Yeah. And I think that is really, really important. And yes, you know, mm, you know, want to make sure they kind of know what they're talking about if you're paying them good money for sure. <laughs> but yeah, there are a lot of junior coaches out there that are definitely worth their money too, because the truth is a lot of people just really need to be heard, mm -hmm. right? They need a fresh perspective, one that's not coming from their friends or family because it often is biased. Uh, and that that's one of the most impactful things I do. Of course, I teach men a lot as well, um, but just having someone that's there to support you through what you're going through at that chapter of your life is hugely, hugely important. Yeah, because it's, it's not the norm. <laughs> no, it's not yeah. the norm. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully we can all work the way that, that it can be the norm, but yeah. you know, it, yeah. is, is there any, you know, common truth or, or goals that you believe all humans have when it comes to relationships? I believe that everybody wants to feel loved and connected pretty simply. Yeah. Whether that's in a male female relationship or another variation of it, I think everybody wants to have someone that's their teammate, 
um, that you know you can enjoy this journey of life with. I genuinely believe that. Maybe there are some people that are like, nah, I'm happy single forever, and cool, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that, and that that's yeah. if if you love and connected with yourself, that can yeah. be a really honest, accurate thing. But if it's yeah, yeah if it's I'm afraid of love or I fear everybody or I'm not comfortable with connections. So therefore I must be by myself. Then it's a different flavor that's a different of answer. Story. Yeah, yeah. That person probably needs a big hug. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> now we, we both use uh, a wide range of modalities and some sort of traditional training as well as some energy work and, and beyond mm -hmm. that. So I, I always wonder when I talk to people that have done that, is there one thing that seems like the weirdest thing when you were learning it or one thing that stands out as like still the most amazing modality? Is there something that, you know, you learned probably maybe had doubts in and you're surprised how well it works? Yeah. I, what, what comes up for me when you say that is when I was first kind of learning neuro-linguistic programming and like helping people change behavior. And I remember going through the course and doing a lot of like, closing my eyes and visualizing and I'm, I'm a Virgo. I'm like a uh, ambitious person. I want to just like do so anything that <laughs> anything where I had to like be still and slow down, I just wanted to rush through it. So that, that that's what comes up for me personally. And of course, with a lot of men that I work with, we are talking about action. We are talking about solutions. We are talking about how to move forward, but there's also times when I'll slow it down and we'll just sit with whatever is going on with us. And that was something I needed to learn to do myself. Like my biggest theme of my entire life is learning how to be more patient. <laughs> um, so that was probably the most uncomfortable, weirdest thing for me. Although for other people, maybe they're like, no, nah, that's good. I'm the other way. I need to I need to do more. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I'm very much the same way. The, the the things that I knew now do on a daily basis for myself or for clients are things I ridiculed, made fun of, thought yeah. just no way that works. Um, so like I, I always love discovering I'm wrong about that stuff. Yeah, like picture your amazing future. And you're like, what do you mean picture it? I don't even know what I want in life. And I'm like, well, maybe that's your problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember the first time I actually truly visualized and kept replaying a scene and getting it as, as a motive and feeling as I could possibly do. And, mm -hmm. and it happened. And it was uh, like, yeah. it freaked me out. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. Like it was so successful. It scared me of my own power of manifestations, yeah. but yeah. 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 Well, like I watched the, I think I watched the film, The Secret when I was maybe I feel like everything happened when I was 16, but clearly not. When I was 16, I watched The Secret and it was very transformative for me. And that's when I first started journaling, not in a very rigid way, but just, I said, it's funny, I look back at it, right? My mom showed it to me like many years later. And I wrote down things like I want to travel and I want to own a business and, and all these types of things and completely forgot about it. Right. That was like a 16 year old's journal. It was like, I ended up in a box somewhere when I left home. And many years later, I remember my mom saying, you know, what's really cool. Kimberly, all these things that you wrote down in my journal, first of all, mom, why are you reading my journal? <laughs> all those things happen. I said, I wanted to, you know, travel to Australia. I ended up living there for six years. Said I wanted to own a business. Well, I run one now. Um, and all those things that I kind of thought were pie in the sky ideas when I was 16, living at home. Uh, eventuated because in my subconscious, I was taking actions to actually make those things come true. So yeah, um, yeah it's a very powerful tool if, if used correctly, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's funny, like, yeah, the secret was an eye opener for me. That's what changed me. Yeah. Like, I never been like, wait, 
my thoughts create my emotions and I can choose different ones. Like that was radical thinking for me. And that that's what's really started my transformation and spirituality and, and everything. So yeah, I love when, when I meet you know, someone else yeah. that like the secret opened the door for them. Uh, mm-hmm. I was not 16, but good for you. <laughs> like I said, I think all my memories is like all jammed into one year. Maybe I was even 18. I don't know. But everything feels like it happened at 16 years yeah. old. <laughs> and th- I mean, this this is, yeah. uh, you know, the, the idea of, of how humans manifest and, you know, mm. really how life is lived, thoughts, feelings, actions. And that's even way before the secret. But yeah, yeah I find a lot of guys, we j- action, action, action. But yeah, mm. if you don't feel what it's like, like, you, know, you don't think and plan and imagine and be creative. Mm-hmm. You just act, act, act. You're, you're that's just you know stuck in the hamster wheel. And you're just doing. You're just doing without yeah. maybe a goal or understanding of the bigger picture. Right? There's like, you know, you're either someone who's really involved in the details, taking tons of actions, or you're maybe a little bit more high level. And sometimes we need a little bit of both. Uh, yeah. It's funny that we're talking about this because, like, the one of the number one things that I support men with when they come to me saying, I need some help around dating or relationships is mindset, right? It's well, what, what do you believe about dating and relationships right now? And what is your general sense or feeling about it? And what's your attitude towards it? Because if your attitude is like two thumbs down, that's kind of the experience you're going to be getting, right? So we often are, um, looking at what our beliefs are and our attitudes around it and doing some of that adjustment uh, first before we even get out there to meet somebody or update our profile or find out how our strategy is going to be moving forward. So, right, yeah. yeah. we. Yeah. Only a healthy person can create a good relationship with someone else. Like we yeah. got to take care of ourselves first. 100%, yeah, 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 100%. Relationship starts with yourself first. So Kimberly, I often say that authenticity and vulnerability are superpowers that too many men shy away from. Mm-hmm. What, is authentic, what is authenticity to you and why does it matter in dating? What is it to me? It's just like literally it's, it's not supposed to be complicated. It's just being yourself, right? If there's something that you like or don't like, it's like being brave enough to share that even if it goes against the crowd. Uh, and that leads into vulnerability, right? Vulnerability is not just, oh, my emotions, right? It's not just about sharing your emotions. Vulnerability is also walking up to a woman and asking her out knowing you could be rejected. Vulnerability is also disagreeing with your partner, <laughs> right? Vulnerability means so many things. So it's essential that not only are you being yourself, but you are acting yourself too. And I think that's where vulnerability comes in. A lot of men that I work with, would probably consider themselves really nice guys. They're really conflict avoidant, right? They don't want to upset anybody. So guess what? They live their life kind of like a shell version of themselves. And they wonder why things aren't really working for them. And it's because they're not really working for themselves. So, you know, most of the times it starts with well, what is courage and bravery to you? Because learning to actually just be yourself and be okay with it is what's actually going to get you the success and the right relationship. Because if you're trying to be somebody else, maybe you'll get the girl for a while and then she's going to like wonder who you are and what's going on and why you're not compatible. It's because you're trying to be the version of a man that you think that she wants. Right. She'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I, I often tell guys that the only definition of masculinity that matters is yours. Totally, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've often heard from from guys that 
you know, we're told that women want us to be vulnerable and share our emotions and be open and authentic. And then mm -hmm. they are. And, you know, the women then like go ridicule, like, well, that's too much. They weren't expecting what gets unleashed. So do, do all women welcome vulnerability in men or? No, no, okay. no they don't. Um, I didn't in the past. I kind of lived under the belief that relationships should be perfect, even though I wouldn't have said it outwardly. And when my partner was uncomfortable or had strong emotions, I actually wanted to like fix them. And it was partly because I didn't want to see them hurting, but more so because it made me uncomfortable. Mm. So I had to learn to be okay with what my partner is feeling. And that's something that I, as a woman, had to develop and understand. Not every woman is going to know how to do that, right? So, but that doesn't mean that men shouldn't be vulnerable or authentic. It means that when they are, if the woman that they're dating or the friend that's around in their life isn't receiving that well, then maybe there's a question to be asked there around, is that the right person to be in my life? Now, when it comes to vulnerability, especially if men are starting out being vulnerable for the first time, I don't recommend just completely dumping your life on somebody either, right? There's like, there's, there's a scale to everything. It's like you can start small, right? You don't need to... Vulnerable does not mean you go on a first date with somebody and you share your sob story of your life. It's, there's too much for anybody to handle, right? They want to get to know who you are. So share a little bit, right? Start small, work your way up, get to a point where you know the other person, you're comfortable with them, and then you can divulge more and more over time. Anyways, it's maybe a better way of going about it. Awesome. <laughs> did, did the pandemic just destroy dating and where everyone's got to rebuild things? Or did, did, you know, are we at a place where things that used to work still work? Or mm -hmm. how, how is that you seeing that unfold? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. No, it didn't destroy dating, but it might have destroyed people's mindsets towards dating, right? For people that I have worked with during this pandemic who are a little bit more of like the avoidant type, which are like wanting intimacy, but really scared of it, have like used the pandemic as a major reason why they're not going to go out there, why they're not going to put effort in. And it's like pandemic this, pandemic that. It's just so much easier for me to continue to isolate myself, which is really not a good idea. But yes, in a way, the pandemic has differed uh, how we kind of converse with people on dating apps, maybe for a little bit longer. We're moving to FaceTime chats instead of meeting people right away. Or maybe we're not going on a first date to a restaurant, but rather a walk in the park. And um, maybe we're you know, for those that are being extra cautious, or maybe, you know, not having a kiss on the first date, maybe it's second or third. Uh, and I also know specifically for people that were dating, you know, more than one person at a time, there was probably a lot more conversation around sexual intimacy and that being more exclusive because during this time, especially at the start of the pandemic, no one wanted to be intimate with more than one person, especially with the risks involved with transmission and all those kinds of things early on. So yeah, it changed the way we think about it, but it didn't destroy it, right? We're just an adaptable human species. So we just learned how to date within some of the boundaries and the framework that were, were, uh, were put in place as a result. So, so you did warn against that, uh, emotional 
heart dump, not a brain dump, but an emotion dump, you know, onto someone as, you know, too much too soon. Mm-hmm. What else are common mistakes that, that guys are doing in dating now? First and foremost, not valuing yourself enough. So just thinking you're not good at dating or that uh, you're not ever going to find someone that's quality or uh, that online dating isn't for you. Oh, I hear this so often. You know, I just don't want to do the online dating thing. It's not for me. Well, it's actually for everybody, (laughs) right? So a huge common mistake is just placing, particularly for the men I deal with is uh, visually, you guys that are listening is like, you're putting your value, you know, where your stomach is and you're putting the value of attractive women up above your head. You're creating this mismatch and like, this is my work, but wow, those attractive women, they're like worth way more. So you don't go there. You don't try, or you feel shitty about yourself in the process. So the number one mistake men and women are making is just not valuing themselves enough. And therefore their experience is not going to necessarily feel good because they're starting off with kind of a negative mindset about who they are. That's definitely a, a big mistake. Um, and a lot of us are making it, right? Uh, another one for sure is for the anxious type of dater is like really rushing into a relationship. So, oh my God, somebody likes me? Okay, I should propose to them and lock this shit down. No, no, no. <laughs> that actually used to be more like myself. I didn't, I wasn't even aware of it, but. I never really dated to get to know someone. I dated to see how I felt and how they kind of like the affection they gave me. And if it made me feel good, then I wanted more of it. And it ended up turning into a relationship. I never really said to myself, what kind of relationship do I want to have? Or what type of person is going to be compatible with me? So we don't ask these questions. In fact, we place more value on love than things like trust or respect or compatibility because a lot of us really do want to be loved so as soon as we get a little glimmer of that we're like we want to lock that down so a mistake that men can make especially if they're coming off the first point valuing themselves lower is then when they are getting affection from a woman they're like really holding on to that. They really want to keep that person around to make themselves feel good. Uh, And then they may realize later on that they have nothing in common, that their values don't align. Uh, And now they're like, it's too late. I've married her. We have two kids. So slow it down. Right. I I don't, I'm not an advocate of having like rules around dating because I think people just need to like go with what feels good for them too also understand themselves. But I would say maybe as a rule of thumb, (laughs) at a minimum, at a minimum, date somebody for at least three months before you decide to be exclusive in any way, shape or form. Like three months isn't even that long, right? If you're only seeing each other like once or twice a week to start off, or maybe even once a week, that's not that many interactions Mm. to decide whether this is someone you want to like build a life with. So slow the f down yeah on on top of that and related to authenticity what we've talked about like i've seen in the lives of friends and coworkers during courting time and dating time they they act like someone else and fake the same interests and do all this inauthentic stuff they actually get married and both 
come kind of wedding night, they both think I'll drop my act and this person will just change and match. You know, it's just yeah. built on lies and, and show. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a whole facade. Also like how much time and effort does one put in to try and be someone they're not? Yeah. If you hate something, hate it and own it. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I, I always have tried to be the type of woman that likes yoga, but it just doesn't work for me. <laughs> I got to be totally honest with it. But I love golf. I love um, archery. I love frisbee golf with my partner. I love hiking and all these things and I own it. And these, this is what makes me who I am. I'm Kimberly who like can slow down, but sucks at yoga. I'm not going to like pretend to be some yogi because there's some hot guy in a yoga class that I want to like warm up to. Uh, no way. Like if he likes me for sucking at it, great. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's too much time and effort to pretend to be someone that you're not. And why on earth would you want to be in a relationship with someone who likes you for the person you're not? Right. Yeah. Know. People don't think that all the way through of like, oh, I'll act like this. So that person that I think is above me will talk with me, will like me, will do things with me. And then if it lasts longer, now I'm stuck doing all these things I don't actually like. Well, I think as kids, we're like, we're kind of learned to like behave in a way that gets uh, attention from our parents. So, you know, even as adults, we kind of do the same thing, right? We, we can, we can protest, we can, you know, dress a certain way. Men ask me like, what do I wear on a date? Like, should I, and, and often, um, if they're like a casual athletic guy, like, yeah, you want to look smart and everything on a date, but I don't. I would not recommend that you dress radically different from how you do in everyday life just to impress a woman. Like don't put a suit on and a tie if you never wear them or don't care about them. Like you're representing something that you're not actually. I, I'm much more an advocate of like, sure, maybe don't wear flip-flops and like a dirty t-shirt because it kind of looks slobby, but like just be yourself. Like if she doesn't like it, no big deal. Move on, find someone that does. Are, are the things that you're sharing, is, is this only true in the dating world or does this apply to people in, in long-term relationships as well? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Like I worked with a, a client we finished up last year and he was married for, I think it was 18 years. Um, and when he got out of his marriage, they divorced, he realized that the entire time he was playing a role that he thought a husband should be. And he recognized how, like, he hadn't lived his life for 18 years. And now he's finally realizing that, like, he can live in the values that he has as a man, not what he thinks a husband should be, right? So, yeah. you know, you don't want to waste 18 years yeah. trying to please somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's one of the trappings of being a man. We have to... We're expected to act like we've got it all figured out. We know what we're doing. And the, the, the often the most difficult thing about being authentic is going, I don't know what I'm doing. I still don't <laughs> admit that. Yeah. Like, it's I, okay. actually, I have a podcast with my partner. We talked about our first impressions of like meeting one another. <laughs> and I remember on, maybe he said this to me or not, but he said to me like, oh, you're making me nervous or like, I'm quite shy. And that was a vulnerable thing to say. And I was like, oh my God, you're so adorable. I'm going to eat you up. <laughs> so like leading with like his authentic self and he's like, he can tap into that like warrior masculine side. And he also can be like really soft and sensitive. And I really enjoyed seeing 
both sides of him. It made me feel, in fact, vulnerability with the right person makes you feel connected and more close to them. So, you know, that's what we're really aiming for is a deep level of intimacy, which means knowing somebody else and being deeply known. Mm. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. Cool. So any tips that apply, especially now in this post-pandemic world, or hopefully post-pandemic, I should say, like, are, are there different things? Is, are there, are there activities that work best now? Or, uh, like, I, I don't think things have really changed that much. I honestly would completely encourage men to still be approaching women in public. I hear a lot, oh, that's really creepy. Uh, oh, it's extra creepy now that we're wearing masks. <laughs> And I'm just like, no, that's what you believe. If you feel like it's creepy, it's probably going to be creepy, right? But if you're just walking up to someone and being like a happy, genuine person, um, I don't think there's an issue with that. And I think a lot of men are, their social skills are almost like getting worse because they're moving everything online and they're forgetting like the, the natural way that we used to meet people. Like imagine for a minute waking up tomorrow and dating apps were no longer around. What are you going to do? Right. It's a good question to ask yourself. How do I want to date in like air quote, regular life yeah. and air quote online as well. Right. Don't throw yourself into online 100%. You also need to be like learning how to be social and get out there. One of the biggest like issues that a lot of men have, not all of them and women too, is we're isolating ourselves. We want to meet people and date yet we're hiding at home. We're watching Netflix at night. We're staying in our same social group of two or three people. We're not putting ourselves out there and we're wondering why we're not meeting somebody. Well, the answer is very obvious. You're not actually putting any effort to to build a community or get out in the world. Right. As I said, part of being vulnerable is that willingness to take a risk. 100%. Yeah. To, to, to get a no, to get, you know, get away weirdo, you masked weirdo, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're wearing a mask, yeah, don't have a mask that has like angry teeth or has yeah, some, you, if you not. forget that you have some image on your mask, that might not be put on your dating mask, well, whatever that might be. Face on there or something like that. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, and that even could be a great icebreaker yeah. as you're trying. Maybe you do. Maybe there is a dating mask and it is something that's different and unique that Probably. is authentic to you. Yeah. Yeah, just be, be like, be yourself, be funny. Like, I mean, God, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the fear level is all around everywhere, but you know, for a while in, in Canada here, we had the mask mandate removed. So it wasn't around and now it's back. But that doesn't mean that you have to wear a mask when you're just walking down the street in you know, in the outdoors. So there's still going to be a lot of opportunity to approach and meet people where you don't actually have one on your face. And if you do, well, eyes are the windows to somebody's soul anyway. So make sure you got eight hours sleep and you're good. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you believe that there is a right person for everyone? Um, I don't believe in soulmates or that there's like a perfect person out there. I think, um, I think there are a lot of people out there that can be compatible with you because really what I have learned and what it really boils down to is value-based characteristics are what are more important for compatibility than similar interests. So if the two of you, I'm going to use golf as an example because I'm obsessed with it. And so is my partner and we go all the time. Um, if the two of us really loved golf, great. We have a wonderful common interest. But if I wanted kids and he didn't, 
we have a huge value mismatch, right? And what's really going to keep us in the relationship? Golf or wanting the same thing out of our relationship? So I think it's really important for people to understand that too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because this, and I'm glad you use that term. Soulmates is something that pe- one of the things I do are Akashic record readings, and people come like, "Who's my soulmate?" And this is my soulmate, and the answer usually is like, "That's not a thing." Like, or you can have a soulmate this weekend. That there's not one person that you are destined to be with and never again. And if you miss that one person, you are just screwed. You've ruined oh, it. And like, and yeah, imagine if people thought that and it didn't work out, then how yeah. how more devastating it's going to be. I, like soulmate. I think I've had many soulmates in my life because people that have come into my life that I super bonded with at that period. And then we almost don't even talk anymore. Yeah. Is that a soulmate? Maybe for a period of time it was. Yeah. Um, but there are right and wrong people for us, I think. Right. <laughs> so I think I, I use the word, I think on my website, are you ready to find Uh, a relationship that's right for you or the person that's right for you, because that's what we need to be looking at. Not, Hey, are you, are you looking to find your magical unicorn dream person that never does anything wrong and never fights with you? Like, sorry, doesn't exist. (laughs) What are some signs that you have that right person that you're in that right relationship for you? Uh, Definitely how you feel around them. Um, we have to understand, obviously, it, this also breaks down to a lot of the work I do is in my like free uh, dating handbook for men too, is, is getting clear on two things, what you don't want and what you do want. So it comes like to, to maybe behaviors you won't tolerate, or we can call them red flags. So we're all going to ha- have had some kind of relationship in the past where we'll learn certain behaviors that we don't want to tolerate. And we have to understand what that looks like first. Um, and then make sure that when we're getting to know somebody, we're not seeing these like unhealthy patterns emerge or, uh, signs of abuse or toxic relationships. We got to like, make sure that's gone first. And then in terms of someone that's right for you, um, do you feel like you can be yourself around? Cause if you can, that's a really great sign. Um, do you understand the difference between love and infatuation, right? Something really important to understand for yourself too, because when we do meet someone, the truth is like hormones are raging through our body and we actually think that that person is like perfect and they can do no wrong. <laughs> and that's not true. So obviously we want to be able to feel like ourselves around that person. And we want to be able to understand that uh, in terms of the relationship that there's a shared vision. So back to the values, like, do we want the same thing out of life? Um, Somebody could be right for you for like a month or two and you could have a lot of fun, but long-term they're not going to be the best match for you because maybe you've done your traveling and you're wanting to like settle down and get a home and have a family. And they're like, Oh, well, I'm actually like planning to go backpacking for a few years. Like it's, is that the right person for you at that time? Mm, I don't think so because you're wanting different things from life. So Obviously, feeling like you can be yourself around them, um, having some alignment in terms of where you both want the relationship to go is a really good sign. Um, And then there's all the other little things uh, that happen. Like, are we having fun together? Are we integrating in our families nicely? Do we share the same views on religion or spirituality? Do you want to have kids or not? Do you value marriage or not? Uh, these are all really important questions to understand. I had, I had a friend who dated a guy for, I think it was nine months. And then they had the, re- the talk about kids and realized they were on different pages. It was nine months. 
of getting emotionally attached to someone to realize then we're actually not right for one another. So I always say, have these conversations pretty soon into dating someone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Kimberly, is there is there one top thing that you wish more men knew? I wish more men knew that they were awesome and that they should really value themselves. Because the truth is a lot of guys, like especially today, we're looking at like a society of men. A lot of them were raised either with one parent or without without maybe a father. And, you know, a lot of them are raised by their moms and they have this really beautiful, compassionate, sensitive side as a result. And I think that they should own that and not be afraid of that and just recognize that like, Women love men. (laughs) We love you guys. And don't put us on such a high pedestal that you feel, especially when you're attracted to us, that you feel so uncomfortable in our presence. Like just own it. Walk into a room, like work on like feeling good about yourself because we love being around men that feel confident. And and, and the truth is, and I was talking to a friend like a couple weeks ago on a podcast that said, when a man walks in a room, everyone wants to feel safer. Right. Women should feel safe when a man walks in a room. So like exude that confidence and radiance and like authentic, like masculinity in your definition. Uh, women love that. We soak it up. We eat that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I find time and time again that especially guys raised with, with an absent father resulting in commonly called the father wound and yeah. can result in, you know, nice guy syndrome. But if you grew up always trying to please your mom, be a good boy and, you know, almost read their mind and emotions, then that's the kind of man you're going to be unless you get some awareness and make some changes. And that, I don't think that that's not what women, well, some of them might like that. Treat me like your mom. Some but women jump right into that mothering role because they also like being a caretaker and a fixer. But the truth is then you're, you're lacking what the attraction or polarity is that is needed to like desire your partners. So if you're always like in that motherly kind of relationship with someone, well, let's be real. You're not really going to be wanting to jump their bones. (laughs) So understand that polarity as well as really healthy and and really necessary. Cool. Is there anything that you wish more women knew? Uh, to compliment your partner more versus criticizing them. So stop telling men in your life what you don't want them to do and start appreciating what they are doing. It's like Pavlov's law with dogs, right? It's like, don't, you know, it's, it's, it's reward the good behavior. Nobody wants to feel criticized. And I'll be the first to admit that in my previous relationships, I was very quick to point out the inadequacies of the person I was with. It was clearly a reflection of my own inadequacies or my insecurities that I was feeling, but I would project them on my partner. Now, I wasn't an awful person to be with, right? We had lots of great times in our relationship, but I was very quick to roll my eyes or criticize when someone didn't do something well. And I didn't pump up the person when they were doing something really amazing. So wasn't the nicest thing. And I've learned to really fix that. And so I think for women out there, like, especially women that are in marriages that have been with the same guy for a while, and like, you're starting to notice his patterns and the things that he doesn't do well. Shush. (laughs) Try complimenting him for a while. Men love words of affirmation. It's not everyone's love language, but my partner and I joke all the time. He's like, he's like, women just want to be treated 
like dogs. Okay. We want our bellies rubbed. We want to be given snacks and we want to be told we're a good boy. So <laughs> I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. For you. <laughs> awesome. And part of that is true for men in, in the training. Like again, r- gratitude goes a long way. Reward the good behavior. Don't punish other things. So yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah we'll go be- in the direction that we're led. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Like, uh, I see, I see it in my mom and dad's relationship too. Like my mom, I mean, they've been married for 35 years and, and they are like very distinct in like their roles in the relationship. And, and I notice like my mother can criticize my dad and he does not respond well to it. Like it makes him want to leave the room. He doesn't want to feel warmed up to her, but conversely the other way around my mom's been cooking for my dad for 35 years and why does she continue to cook meals for him because he says damn monica that's the best bolognese i've ever had even if it's not he always compliments her and guess what she wants to keep doing it for 35 years this has worked <laughs> so yeah positive positivity in our relationships is huge right cool but yet that's got to be balanced with being authentic 100 percent yeah, if I got to keep keep praising something that you're doing that I actually don't like, well, now I'm putting myself in a the corner there. Yeah, yeah for so, sure. Yeah, be, be yeah. genuine about it. I mean, right. he, yeah. he genuinely can't cook for shit. So like <laughs> everything she makes is amazing for him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's <Great>. totally cool. <laughs> genuine. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, so Kimberly, I've really enjoyed this. And I, I, I love when what I think is so important for men, things like authenticity and vulnerability, when they come up time and time again in discussion with someone else, so what's the best way for people to connect with you, see what you're up to, learn about all your offerings? Yeah, thank you for that question. There's so many different ways. Um, I guess one of the ways to kind of start to get to know me and some of my content is to just download the, the free uh, dating handbook for men that I've created. It talks about five mistakes men make, some tips on how to overcome it. And then it gives you access to where you can connect with me. Um, but if you want to just reach out to me directly, I'm hanging out on social media. You can uh, uh, personally DM me on Instagram. Uh, at Kimberly Nina Hill. Uh, And likewise on my website too. Uh, There's a form that you can uh, fill out to just book a consultation with me uh, if you are are wanting to get support around dating and relationships. I work with two types of men, men that are uh, single and that want to date or just newly dating and want to make sure they're doing it in a way that feels right for them. And I also work with men that are already in existing relationships that want to deepen their connection and really also want to work on themselves and their life balance and making themselves feel really satisfied. So depending on where you're at, if you're in any one of those situations, be more than happy to to have a, a conversation with you and just support you in any way I can. And if it's not me, I know lots of other people that are great to to talk to as well. So including yourself. So <laughs> yeah. beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Kimberly. Thanks for joining us, everyone, for tuning in, listening. I uh, hope you found some new ways to navigate that that messy dating world or discovering <laughs> that you are in a deep, committed, beautiful relationship. And uh, that that's that's uh, even better, right? <laughs> Get out of that messy world. But uh, wherever you're discovering Real Men Feel, uh, please subscribe, share, like, give a comment, a review. Uh, let someone else know about the show. You can reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail anytime. I always love to hear from you. And if you're exploring coaching, if you want help with relationships and dating, yeah, talk to Kimberly, talk to someone. Ideally, talk to a coach that's been coached. Talk to a coach that has coaches. Talk to a coach that's willing to talk to you to see if they're a good fit. Yeah. If you want to explore your life and how more authenticity and vulnerability might help you, you can book a call with me. They they call them a free clarity call and visit theandygrant.com slash talk. But if something's bugging you, talk. 
Yeah. Get help. Raise your hand. Open up. Share it with somebody, please, because you deserve to be loved and connected and to live a life that feels good. Oh, man, that. I love it. Cool. Until next time, be good to yourself. <laughs>